The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen. That's what you call the Holy Ghost falsetto. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord says, make a joyful noise. Amen. You got to get it out any way you can. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I rejoice and I'm glad in it. God is good every day. And he loadeth us. I know he certainly do for me. He loadeth us with his benefit daily. Amen. So welcome. Thank you for being here in the midst spiritually. Join with us in this worship service. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he would be in the midst of them. And even though we're not bodily assembled, we are assembled spiritually, and the Lord Jesus Christ is in our midst, and he will make our agreement good. I want to encourage you before I get into the I want to encourage you to take advantage of the vaccine when it's your turn. That's right. I know a lot of people are jumping the line. But when your turn comes, take the vaccine. You want to make a decision for life. God has set before us life and death. And he said, choose life that you and your seed, your descendants, may live. Now, I know there's a lot of concern with some people about the vaccine and people wondering if it's safe. Well, based on everything I have been able to read and based on everything I've been able to listen to, based on the knowledge I've garnered, I would say, yes, the vaccine is safe. And taking the vaccine is not only protecting yourself, but you're protecting others. Taking the vaccine will accelerate the time where we can get back to some semblance of normalcy in our communities, in our lives. Now, I took the vaccine on Thursday. God is so good. And it was almost miraculous because I was sitting at my desk on Thursday afternoon studying. And I got a call. Well, a call came into the house, and my wife called me to the phone. And a young lady on the other, on the other end of the line said, uh, we got a vaccine. We got one left, and it's for you. How soon can you get here? Because we're getting ready to close. I said, I can get there in about 20 minutes. So I dropped what I was doing, and I headed to Wake Forest uh, to... Um, Duke Urgent Care, and I received the first dose of the vaccine. Now, let me tell you what my experience was. First of all, I didn't feel a thing. Of course, I didn't look at the needle either. I did not feel a thing. There was no after effects, no side effects. I had no soreness in my arm. In fact, 
I was able to sleep on that same arm that night and every night since with no soreness. I was able to do my 50 push-ups in the morning every day without any soreness. And I'm telling you, I had a good experience with the vaccine. And I believe you'll have a good experience. Now, some people say, well, I'm not sure about this vaccine. And you're basing that on your feelings because of what happened historically to some people. You cannot base your decision on historical anecdotes. You cannot base your decisions on ignorance. You cannot base your decision on fear. God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Don't perish because of your lack of knowledge. Then God says, I have not given my people the spirit of fear, but I've given them the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's you, beloved. That's you. Amen. Put your faith in God. Don't put your faith in fear. Don't put your faith in stuff that may have happened years ago. Put your faith in God and make a decision to live and not die. To live and be a blessing to others. And that's what will happen when you take your vaccine. Glory to God. Amen. This morning, I want to read to you from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Verse 18. And here the Lord is speaking to Moses. And the Lord says, I will raise up for them a prophet like unto you from among their brethren. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I have commanded him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously, and you shall not be afraid of him. This morning, I want to use for a subject, false prophets, how shall we know? False prophets, how shall we know? Here in Deuteronomy, the Lord speaks to Moses and he tells Moses that I'm going to raise up a prophet like you, Moses, from among your brethren. And I'm going to put my words in his mouth. He shall speak all that I command. Well, that prophet was the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter preached in Acts chapter 3, verse 22 and verse 23. Peter preached that this prophet that God had raised up was Jesus. After they healed the lame man at the gate, beautiful. 
there was a crowd of people that gathered. Peter began to preach to them. And he said that Jesus was that promised prophet that God would raise up. And God says, when I raise up that prophet, that prophet would only speak what I've commanded him. And if a prophet speaks what I have not commanded him, if a prophet speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. So the question is raised in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 21. The question is raised in the hearts of the people. And they ask this question in their hearts. How shall we know? Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 21. How shall we know? How shall we know who's a false prophet? How shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? God says there's this very simple test to apply. Here's how you can know if a prophet is a false prophet. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that thing which the Lord has, that, that's the thing the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. False prophets, how shall we know? Now, beloved, I need you to understand. There are two kinds of prophecy, and we must make the distinction. There is foretelling, and there is forthtelling. Let me say it again. There is foretelling. That's what prophecy is. It's number one, foretelling. Then number two is foretelling. Foretelling is predictive prophecy. It predicts future events. When the prophet prophesies and foretells, he represents the future in light of the present. And when a prophet foretells or foretells, what that prophet is doing, he or she, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he or she is speaking as the mouthpiece of God. They're speaking edification, exhortation, and comfort. And sometimes they may even speak a warning to a present or past situation. And so when a prophet foretell, that prophet is portraying the present in light of the future. Now, foretelling, listen to me very carefully. Foretelling is primarily Old Testament. That's what the Old Testament prophets did. They predict future events. But on the other hand, foretelling is primarily New Testament. Hmm? Now, under the Old Testament, when a prophet would foretell, the one-strike rule applied. If the prophet prophesied, if the prophet foretold a future event, and that event did not come to pass, that event did not happen, then that one strike rule applied. In other words, one strike you out. This isn't baseball, beloved. 
This isn't baseball where a prophet gets to get something right three times. No, if you're going to prophesize the future, you only have one chance to get it right. And if you didn't get it right, the Lord says, you have spoken presumptuously. You have spoken as a false prophet. Now, on the other hand, foretelling is primarily New Testament. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past, he spoke to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by the Son. The Bible clearly says that God is speaking to us prophetically through Jesus. Jesus is speaking through us. How does Jesus speak to us? He speaks to us through the Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost. Then Jesus said himself in the Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 27, he says, my sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We need to wake up and recognize that God is speaking to his people through Jesus. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. Too many so-called Christians are following the voice of man. Too many are following the voice of a false prophet. And they're ignoring the voice of the Lord. What is God saying to you? Don't tell me what some man or woman said to you, but what is God saying to you? God is speaking now. Various ways. And at various times, God spoke in the Old Testament. That's true. He spoke to the fathers by the prophets. But has in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. You know, I began to think about these things. When I was getting the mind of the Lord for this message, I thought about some of the things happening in our nation right now and things that have happened recently. Remember, we had a resurrection that was committed by a mob of people and many of them were so-called Christians and they, they mobbed and they attacked the, the United States Capitol. Why did they do that? They did that in the name that an election had been stolen, that an election was fraudulent. Why did they believe that if they believed it at all? Because of somebody, some man running from president who was already president, who lied to them, who deceived them. And why did he lie and deceive them? Because there were so many false prophets, many of them on national and international, have a national or international status, prophesied that this man would be reelected, that this man was like a Cyrus, that God had anointed him, and he would be elected again president, notwithstanding the fact that this man was a failed businessman. This man was a fake billionaire. This man, his life was rifled with immorality. His life did not conform to the Bible. 
This man did not recognize God. He didn't even recognize the need for repentance unto God. He didn't recognize that he could ask God for forgiveness. In fact, he said publicly he had never asked for forgiveness. Yet there were false prophets in the name of the Lord prophesying that this man would be reelected. But I'm telling you, God has the last say. God has the last say. Glory to God. Many of these false prophets did not apologize. Many of these false prophets did not repent. Many of these false prophets, instead of repenting, they want to justify their false prophecy. They want to explain it away. But if you prophesy a future event and it doesn't come to pass, then God says that makes you a false prophet because you didn't speak the word of the Lord. You spoke presumptuously. You spoke because you thought there was something in it for you. Maybe the tax cuts that this man offered was favorable to you and your business. Maybe this man was your champion to keep your ministry going, to keep your church afloat. And I'm telling you, if you speak presumptuously in the name of the Lord, it will not come to pass if God didn't say it. Glory to God. These people were false prophets. You know who they are. I can call their names. And many of you have supported their ministries. Many of you have sent them money. Some of you may still be sending them money, but the Bible says they're false prophets. I didn't say they were false prophets. The Bible says they're false prophets. And because the Bible says they're false prophets, I too call them false prophets. Prophesying that somebody is going to be reelected because God said it. God's going to send angels from Brazil, send angels from Africa to make it happen. False prophets who will laugh at the news that God's appointed person won the election. False prophets laughed at that in order to protect their own false prophecies. I am telling you, God says, he asked the question, the people ask the questions in their hearts, how shall we know them? How shall we know them? God says if they speak a thing and it doesn't happen, it doesn't come to pass, then they have spoken presumptuously and I have not spoke to them. They're not speaking my words. So what is a false prophet? A false prophet is someone who intentionally prophesies with an agenda that's not God's agenda. Let me say that again. A false prophet is someone who prophesies an agenda that's not God's agenda. In the book of Numbers, chapter 22, you'll find where Balak, the king of Moab, he was concerned about the Israelites after they came out of Egypt. There were, they were great in number. And he was concerned that the Israelites would become a people more numerous and mighty than the Moabites. So Balak sent for Balaam, Balaam the prophet, because he heard that Balaam could curse these people. And then he could continue with his agenda. 
Balaam came. He came to Balak. He came to curse the children of Israel. But you'll find in Numbers chapter 22 and chapter 23 that you cannot curse what God has blessed. You can only bless what God has blessed. Balaam was a prophet for her. Balaam was motivated by personal financial gain. Balaam was motivated by fame. Because Balak promised him that I will promote you to great honor if you come and curse these people. I will give you great reward and I will promote you to great honor if you come and curse these people. And I'm telling you that Balaam was a false prophet. Any prophet that's motivated by money, any prophet motivated by personal fame is a false prophet. And I'm telling you, there's too much Baalism going on in the church among preachers and prophets. Too much Baalism. And I'm telling you, they're false prophets. And the question is, how can we know? How can we know? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, he says, beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they're nothing more than raven wolves. I need to understand how false prophets come. They don't come with an outright lie. They come with a lie that's cloaked with thus saith the Lord. They come with a lie that God said when God hasn't spoken. Jesus said, beware of false prophets. He says, they're false prophets. He says, beware of them because they'll come to you in sheep clothing. What is sheep clothing? A false prophet will walk like a sheep. A false prophet will talk like a sheep. A false prophet will dress like a sheep. The false prophet will come with a semblance of holiness, a semblance of sanctification, will come with a semblance of honor. But inwardly, they're nothing more than raving wolves. In other words, their agenda, their objective is to prey upon the people of God, to prey upon your wool, to prey upon your property, to prey upon your resources. And Jesus says, beware of those false prophets. Now, if there weren't going to be false prophets in the land, why would the Lord tell us to beware of them? And he's telling us they come in stealth. In other words, they come under the radar. And a lot of Christians don't have any spiritual radar. In other words, they don't have any spiritual discernment. And they're taken by false prophets. And those false prophets came to take your wool. They came in sheep clothing. It's interesting to me how many, so, so many false prophets and preachers they dress more like a pimp than they do a, a pastor or a prophet. They got the look. They got the jewelry. They got all the trappings. Driving in high-scale luxury cars. Rings on their finger. Rolex watches on the wrist. The finest clothing. And people look at that rather than looking at the inward person. You see, they're judging people from the outer appearance and not judging them for what's really in their heart. But Jesus said, beware of those false prophets. 
Even though they come to you in sheep clothing, they're nothing but raving wolves. So a false prophet is not going to come like a wolf. He's going to come disguised as a sheep so that he can ravage you and prey upon you like a wolf would. Glory to God. So what is the agenda of false prophets? What is the agenda? Huh? Usually, a false prophet agenda is money, fame, or power. Let me say it again. The agenda of a false prophet is usually money, fame, or power. I'll never forget one night, one snowy night, my oldest daughter and I went to a special crusade meeting in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And there was a preacher there, I won't call his name, but he was a staff member at one of the preachers who had a mega church who was known internationally. And he came and he sold that to the congregation that was there hearing him that night. And he preached a pretty good message. It was the milk of the word. Usually prophets don't get too deep because they're all about the money, the fame, and the power. Preached a pretty good word, but it was the milk of the word. Then it came for the offering. This man began to tell the people that he not only served on the staff of this famous preacher of this mega church, but he also lived down the street from this man who was the pastor, famous man of a mega church. He was just trying to establish all of his bona fides that the people should revere him like they revered his pastor who was a great mega leader of a mega church. Then during the offering, it's offering time. So I took out a $20 bill I was going to sow in the offering. Back then, that was a lot of money. Huh? And that's not very much money now, but back then, that was a lot of money. I took out a $20 bill, and my daughter's sitting beside me. Then this man said, the Lord said, he want everybody in here to give an offering. And I think he said something like $353, some odd figure. Nobody got in the line. Then he kept pushing it and, and saying, the Lord said there's at least 10. And he waited. And people, one by one, began to get in the line. Before that 10th person got in the line, I looked at my daughter and said, listen, I'm putting my money back in my pocket. Let's go to Taco Bell. Let's take this money and go to Taco Bell and buy some tacos. And we left. Why? Why? That person was operating. If he wasn't a false prophet, he certainly was operating as a false prophet. Where in the Bible does God tell you to give a certain amount of money? He tells you to honor him with this tithe. He tells you to give offerings as, as you purpose in your heart. Where in the Bible does God call $100 lines, $1,000 lines? I'm telling you, this is the agenda of false prophets. It's all about money. It's all about fame. It's all about having power over you. You might as well say, man, I'm going to bring this thing out. The Lord said in Jeremiah 29, verse 29, for they prophesied falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, said the Lord. 
How many people have received a prophecy? Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.